Welcome to Lighting Your Way, a podcast featuring exciting, hilarious, heartbreaking, terrifying, and joyful stories of real nurse advocates helping real patients get the best health care. Hi, I'm Nurse Betty Long. Each week, I and one of my nurse colleagues at Guardian Nurses will take you behind the curtain to help you better navigate the healthcare system when you or a loved one is sick or injured. Today we sit down with nurse advocate Andrea Spector, who is one of our colleagues in New York and works with our patients in the five borough region. Andrea will share her story to highlight the importance of taking care of the little things that are bothering you before they turn into big things. Welcome, Andrea Spector, to the Lighting Your Way podcast. We are very glad to have you join us from Long Island, New York, thanks to the wonders of modern technology. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking with you today and hearing your story. Hi, Betty. You know, I'm always bugging you about leaving us New Yorkers out, so I appreciate your invitation to join the fun, even if it's virtual. I'm excited to be part of this. Hey, listen, word's getting out among the Guardian Nurses team that being on the podcast is not a bad gig, so I figured I'd better make sure you were included early on or I'd be hearing from our New York nurses. So um, tee up for our listeners, if you would, uh, Andrea, what is your story going to be about? So my story is about a patient with whom I worked with last year. So while it might be last year's news, I thought the story itself was worth telling because as it relates to your health, it's about taking care of the little things before they turn into bigger things. And in this case, those bigger things become life-threatening. Oh, Okay, you have my attention, Nurse Spector. Little things when it comes to your health, yeah, sounds great, but in reality, uh, for so many of us, I'm sure for you and for me, life gets in the way. How many times does that happen, right? It's uh, happened to me, right? So something starts to hurt, you take a Tylenol, maybe a Motrin, pretty soon weeks have gone by, holidays have been celebrated, and then you realize you haven't even called your doctor, so... Um, Before I invite you to launch into your story, I'm going to ask you a little bit about your career. You've been a nurse for how many years? Oh, brother. It's been so long, I might need an abacus. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I graduated from SUNY at Stony Brook here on Long Island in 1981. And my first job was in the neonatal care unit at New York Hospital Cornell, where I worked on staff and then for several years per diem in the pediatric department. From there, I went on to work in various positions in home care, and I started my family. And as my kids grew up, I started working as a school nurse and a camp nurse. Hmm. And all that experience led me here to Guardian Nurses. Great. Um, But I want to add, actually, a few interesting facts, especially to New Yorkers. Um, When I started out on my nursing career, New York Presbyterian Cornell was just New York Hospital Cornell. It was a standalone facility prior to merging with Columbia Presbyterian. And not only was my first nursing job there, but I was also born there, as well as having two of my children there. Wow. But I digress. Um, So in addition to that, when I was in nursing school at Stony Brook, the hospital was just being built. So I was in the first nursing class to do rotations in that hospital. There were three units open at that time. And um, today, Stony Brook is like a huge health system with a whole campus of buildings and many outpatient locations all around Long Island. So both of these facilities have grown in leaps and bounds since then. Um, but it sounds like I'm making myself into a dinosaur here. <laughs> well, listen, dinosaurs are, are cool nowadays, aren't they? Um, anyway, I, I, I think maybe you should have a building named in your honor. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, isn't today a special day in your life at Guardian Nurses? Yes, it is. Today is my third anniversary of being with Guardian Nurses. I, I do not know where the time goes. Amen. Uh, happy anniversary. Uh, Thank it's you. great. I still remember way back when, you know, just yep. three years ago. Mm -hmm. um, so after 40 years as a nurse, uh, Andrea, with positions in acute care and home care and PEDS, neonatal ICU management, what, in your opinion, makes this nurse advocate role so different, right? What makes you uh, get up in the morning? Well, I have to admit that I was not one of those people who always dreamed about being a nurse. But, but when I was in college, my mother, who was actually a bit ahead of her time, because this is more of a modern day thinking, insisted that I graduate with a career, not just a degree in biology. Jeez. Yeah, your mother was ahead of her time. Did, did she follow her own advice and have a career of her own? Yes, she did, actually. She was a librarian. Um, she went to school, got her master's while I was, well, I, my brothers and I were in school. And when I went into high school, she started a very long career as a reference librarian. Wow, cool, cool. Yeah. Anyway, so following her directive, I chose nursing. And quite honestly, I have never looked back. Nursing has given me so much flexibility. I've had multiple clinical experiences, and I was able to work in ways that allowed me to be home to raise my children. Um, I've learned so much through my nursing career, and in this role with Guardian Nurses, I still am. So after so many years as a nurse, I love that Guardian Nurses gave me the opportunity to go out into my community and provide guidance and education to folks who are getting lost in the healthcare system. It's beyond satisfying to know that I'm able to support patients both clinically and emotionally during what can be very stressful times for them. I always say everyone needs an advocate. Well, here, here, everyone does need an advocate. And as I always say, who better to be that, that advocate than a nurse? Um, so I know you've heard this before, Andrea, but I believe that Florence Nightingale, the lady with the lamp, the British woman who is credited for creating modern nursing was the first nurse advocate. Mm -hmm. That's why in part this podcast is called lighting your way because in the spirit of Florence Nightingale, we want to light the way for our listeners to empower them to become more educated consumers, better advocates for themselves and their loved ones when they're needing healthcare. Uh, and today we want to share your years of nursing experience with our listeners not that they're as long as Florence Nightingale's years. Um, <laughs> yeah. Shall we get started? Yep, let's go. Okay, so I'm eager to hear your story. The floor is yours. Okay, thank you. So I work with um, a health and welfare fund whose members are mostly grocery store and retail workers in New York. So my story is about a 54-year-old man who was hospitalized for emergency abdominal surgery. So I received a notification from the Health and Welfare Fund that he was in the hospital with a diagnosis of a perforated duodenal ulcer. Okay, I'm going to stop you here. Can you explain for our listeners who may not be nurses what a perforated duodenal ulcer is? Sure. Ulcers are sores that develop in the lining of the stomach, the lower esophagus, or the small intestines. So in my patient's case, the ulcer was in his duodenum, which is the upper section of the small intestines basically right outside of the stomach. Okay. All right. And then you received notification that he was in the hospital. Yes. And back in the days before COVID, I would try to just run out to the hospital as soon as I got that notification. But sometimes distance and time or time get in the way, which is what was the case here. So he was in a hospital too far away for me to reach him that day. So I reached out by phone and I left him a voicemail. 
I also sent him a text message with my business card and a flyer introducing myself and letting him know that my support was a benefit of his union membership. Good idea. So my pleasant surprise, minutes later, I received a text message back from him thanking me. But also to my surprise, this text message was complete with a selfie that he took of himself <laughs> lying in his hospital bed, no shirt on, so that I could see his very long abdominal incision, which went from his sternum all the way down to his navel and was closed with staples. Okay. Wow. So here's this patient whom you've not met saying you a photo of his incision. Does that happen a lot? Uh, no. <laughs> I will admit that it was quite unusual, but I will say, yes, on occasion, patients do send me photos. Wow. Okay. I guess I shouldn't be surprised, right? After all, I see people posting their healthcare experiences on social media, and uh, I guess they haven't been the HIPAA class. <laughs> right. They do all the time. Wow. Anyway, so I got this photo, and um, for a non-nurse looking at it, it may have looked a bit like Frankenstein, but for me as a nurse, it gave me a chance to actually take a closer look at his incision. <laughs> check for any signs of infection, and actually it looked pretty good. And um, though I wasn't able to visit him in person at the hospital that day, it gave me a chance to at least take a peek at him from his photo. So is this where I say to our listeners, please do not try this at home? <laughs> yes, you could for sure. <laughs> so looking at the photo also um, gave me kind of a feel for what concerns I might have to address when I did finally get to see him in person. I mean, not everyone would send a selfie like that for sure. Yeah, yeah. So um, the next day I went to see him, but unfortunately he was away from his room for a procedure. I introduced myself to the nurse, explained why I was there, and she explained that our mutual patient may be out of the room for a while and gave, gave me some brief information regarding his condition. So knowing that it might be a while, I left a, a note for him on his overbed table and I told him that I would come back the next day, which I did. So finally the next day I got to meet him in person. And um, he explained that the night he went to the emergency room, he had been having really bad abdominal pain. Mm -hmm. So in the ER, they did their diagnostic workup and they told him that he had a perforated ulcer and that he was going to need emergency surgery. Wow. Uh, you can imagine he was shocked. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he was shocked. He must have been in pretty bad shape to take him right into surgery. Yes, he got to the ER and before he knew it, they took him to surgery. Wow. And do you know how, how did he develop the perforated ulcer? So during our conversation, he shared with me that he had been having foot pain for about a year, which was exacerbated by being on his feet 10 hours a day as a supermarket deli worker. Mm. Um, and he didn't take off from work because he didn't have any sick time. So he just started taking a leave and ibuprofen daily so that he could get through his shift. Uh -oh. Well, weeks turned into months, months turned into a year. Um, and when you take that type of medicine, which is called a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug, they're also called NSAIDs, um, when you take them for a long time, you, they irritate your, your GI system and you risk getting an ulcer, which is what happened to him. So as a result of his own personal treatment plan, which <laughs> I do not recommend, by the way, was that he was not aware of the ulcer and he never went to the doctor to address his foot pain or his stomach pain. So unfortunately, he ended up in the emergency room and had to have emergency surgery. Wow. Talk about hindsight being 2020. Um, that, that must have been one expensive lesson for him on many levels. So, so when you asked him, and I assume you did, why he chose not to see a doctor, what was his response? Well, one of 
I, the most important skills, I think, of a good healthcare provider, but certainly a nurse, is to ask probing questions and then listen, to pay attention to the details. So during our conversation, I learned that he did not have a primary doctor, and despite being 54 years old, he generally stayed away from doctors. Well, I would say staying away from doctors is not necessarily a bad thing if you're healthy, but I'm guessing that wasn't the case here. You are correct. So... <laughs> He lived alone. He was renting a room in a house. He admitted to having a terrible diet, ate very little fruits or vegetables, and drank monster energy drinks and oh. beer every day. Oh. So not a great scenario under any circumstances, and certainly not good if there is an ulcer brewing in your stomach. Oh, definitely not good. Even, yeah, as you said, without an ulcer brewing in your stomach. I can't even imagine. So the other thing that I noted during our time together was that he was a very anxious guy. So he needed a lot of reinforcement and support, um, which I gave him. So he progressed through his hospital stay, and eventually they removed all the drains and the tubes, and he was started on a regular diet. So a nutritionist in the hospital stopped in, talked with him about the guidelines of a healthy diet. And as much as I could, when we talked, I provided support to get him on board with the lifestyle changes that he was going to need to adopt. All told, how long was he in the hospital for? He spent nine days in the hospital. Wow. Um, and then he was finally discharged home. I checked in with him by phone pretty much daily to make sure that he was doing okay, that he had his medication, and that he was able to get the right food into his home. Um, I met with him at his follow-up appointment with the surgeon, and we reviewed his discharge papers. And though he, they, he had been scheduled to see a GI doctor a few months down the road, he still didn't have a primary care provider. Mm. And what was still sticking in my mind was the pain in his foot that started this yeah. whole mess. Yeah, a little like putting the cart before the horse, as it were, to see GI and, and not the foot. Yeah. Yes. Um, and as, so as we sat waiting for the doctor that day, I could tell he was visibly anxious about getting the staples removed. He could not understand why they don't give anesthesia to take out staples. <laughs> um, I could see why this guy never went to doctors. So given the number of staples, I appreciated his concern. He had about 25 staples there. Yikes, but yikes. I reassured him that the process was not really painful and the medical assistance, everybody was telling him. So ultimately, the surgeon was great with him and the patient's settled down and the staples came out easily and without pain. Yeah. I, I mean, isn't it true that sometimes the anticipation of something can be way worse than the actual doing, right? And, and when patients have no idea, right, all he knew was that he had 25 staples that had to be cut away. For sure. Yeah. So the surgeon reminded him that he really needed to stick with the recommended lifestyle changes to avoid a recurrence of the ulcer. Um, and he was, he was great with them. So with the staples out, his anxiety down, we headed out to our cars and I asked him about the foot pain. And he admitted that he was still having the pain and that he was taking Tylenol, wow. which is safer on his stomach, but it wasn't really helping. Wow. Was he back to work at this point? Uh, no, he was still out. Um, the surgeon said that he could return the following week. So despite still being out of work and not on his feet all day, the pain was still noticeable. Wow. I suggested that perhaps it was time to see a podiatrist to find out <laughs> what the pain was from and treat it. And he agreed. Awesome. So the next week he saw the podiatrist and was diagnosed with some hard corns on the bottom of his foot. That is what was causing. Oh my God. Hard corns. <laughs> Explain uh, if you would, how that would cause the pain he was having. 
So the, the heart cordons have a, a nucleus, a cone-shaped center or a root whose tip or point can penetrate into the deeper level layers of the skin. And clearly, in my patient, someone who was on his feet working all day, it had penetrated quite deep. Yeah, I bet. That is, that is impressive. Right, right. So um, even though corns can be an easily addressed problem, he did not address it for a multitude of his own reasons. So he developed a perforated ulcer, had an emergency abdominal surgery resulting in a huge scar, which as a postscript to this story, he also ended up with an incisional hernia. So in the beginning, it was a really small issue that all of a sudden blew up to be a huge, potentially life-threatening issue. Mm. So we did get him connected to a primary doctor, and he he did really well after that. Um, But this is a a great example of ignoring something small and ending up paying dearly for it. This was no minor surgery. I'll say. Wow. Um, Andrew, you talk about him not addressing it for I think you said a multitude of his own reasons. Do you know what those reasons were? I talked with him about this because I wanted to understand what factors were at play in his putting off getting care. He admitted that his anxiety was a major factor here. It kept him from from getting appropriate care. And second for him was time. His work schedule was six days a week, eight to 10 hours a day. In addition, he had a long commute to that grocery store. So having to take off from work was not as simple as calling out sick. He essentially put a Band-Aid, so to speak, on that foot pain and ended up with much bigger problems, not only to his health, but he was out of work for a long period and had to make major adjustments to his lifestyle, which I, I always say, look for the silver lining. So making those adjustments for him was a good thing, um, the silver lining, as I say, but hopefully he also learned a great lesson about not ignoring the small things. Wow. Yeah, I, I hope. Um, w- when all was said and done and he was back, you know, to better health, what was his, th- did he have a takeaway on his whole experience through this? Yeah, well, you know, throughout my engagement with him, I was pretty relentless in reinforcing the need to maintain the new healthier choices that he needed to make. Um, We all know how easy it is to slip back into those bad habits. Um, And I think this whole experience was frightening enough, especially for an anxious guy, that he won't won't want to do that again. Um, Also, he came away knowing that he has support. And for um, me, that is always one of the goals. He can always reach back out to me for help with any other healthcare issue that he might be having. Yeah, that, that has to be reassuring for anyone, I'm sure, but certainly for him. Um, and after all, as you said earlier in the podcast, everyone needs an advocate. Yeah. Um, that's, a, that's a good story. I, but we are not done yet. I have, I have a couple more questions. Okay. All right. Uh, so given all that you shared throughout your story, what, if you could, what one piece of advice would you offer our listeners who may be experiencing a new symptom, something they haven't felt, maybe a dull ache, maybe a new cough, or even like your patient, a pain in their foot? Well, I've said it earlier. The lesson in this story is not to discount the small things when it comes to your health. So a message that nurses and doctors alike will often share is to listen to your body. Um, I know that Beth Logan talked about that in her story in last week's Lighting Your Way episode. And I would add that if you need to be taking over-the-counter medications for an ache or a pain that doesn't get better in after 10 days, get it checked out by a healthcare provider. There may may always be multiple reasons to put these things off, you know, fear, anxiety, cost, 
missing work, childcare, family needs, you name it. But we need to be aware of even the small things and take care of ourselves. Um, if it feels like a struggle, ask for help. Uh, certainly the story illustrates that you may be able to avoid a much bigger issue down the line. Yeah, I'll say. Yeah, in this case, right, he took a lot of NSAIDs, burnt a hole in his duodenum, required major surgery, missed, I think you said 28 days of work, had a mm -hmm. huge bill yep. from the hospital, when all he had to do, we think, simply was visit the podiatrist and have the corns on his foot taken care of. Um, maybe I'm thinking of uh, Benjamin Franklin when maybe it's what he meant when he said an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Um, Good story, Andrea. Good story and a good lesson, really. Thanks, Betty. Um, all right. I have one more fun question. I'm asking all of our guests. Uh, since it's been a year since our world was shut down with COVID pandemic, I want to answer, I want to ask you to answer this sentence. When the world opens up, I will. Okay. So I will. I think for most of us, the immediate answer is I will get together with my whole family and see my friends again in person and get some hugs from people that I miss. But I will also give an answer that you will invariably tease me about, but I will play Mahjong in person, not on the computer. <laughs> yes. Well, Peg's going to have a party, Beth is hugging, and you'll be playing Mahjong. Uh, <laughs> I am not surprised yep. by the hug answer, but uh, I think you might be the only person I know who plays Mahjong, so I say enjoy. Thank you. Um, thank you, uh, Andrew, very much uh, for the conversation today. It was a great story filled with some uh, very practical advice, I think, and I trust that our listeners will benefit from your story. Thanks for having me, Betty. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it as well. Yeah, yeah. Take care. Okay, you too. If you have any questions that you would like us to address in a future episode, please email us at podcast at guardiannurses.com. That email again is podcast at guardiannurses.com. We would love to hear from you. Thank you for joining us this week. You can find the Lighting Your Way podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google, YouTube, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you liked what you heard, tell a friend and leave us a review. You can learn all about Guardian Nurses Healthcare Advocates on our website, guardiannurses.com. So until next time, find some joy in your life, pet all the good doggies and kitties, and remember to tell your people that you love them. Take care.